Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. About the U.S.-China trade deal. As well as a, a thousand and one other topics in the media. Even in the Middle East, you know, it wasn't really U.S.-Iranian relations that were at the top of the list. More so, it was probably uh, <coughs> um, Saudi Arabia and their handling of the conflict in Yemen, which Iran is involved in. Or uh, Israel and their, their striking of, of various Iranian targets in Syria. Or Israel and Hamas and their new you know, conflict that recently has started. Right? And then out of nowhere, these reports come in that Iran is thinking about targeting... U.S. forces or allies in the region, either Iran or proxy, right? Some, some you know, quote-unquote rebel group or something like that. And it really reeks of a potential false flag, or not even like a false flag in the sense that it's actually going to happen, but just a rumor, right? And I'll even share this article. This is from uh, uh, Fox News. Drones may target U.S. cities. They could be planning a chemical or biological attack on American cities through the use of remote-controlled drone planes equipped with GPS tracking maps, according to U.S. intelligence. The UAV program has caused a real concern among defense personnel, on and on and on, talking about them potentially delivering biological agents to its neighbors or have transported to other countries, including the United States. This is Colin Powell talking. Of course, Colin Powell is no longer the Secretary of State. Maybe some of you guys noticed as we we're reading along here. I'm not talking about Iran here. This was published in 2003, February 24th, 2003, just prior to the U.S. invasion of Iraq. And there were rumors going around back then that Iraq, not Iran, but Iraq, had a UAV fleet that they could potentially use to launch chemical or biological attacks on American cities. You even go down to this, this report by Colin Powell. This, this quote here, uh, there's ample evidence that Iraq has dedicated much time and effort to developing and testing spray devices that could be adapted for UAVs. The truth of the matter is that at, you know, when it was all said and done, when this war was finished, that even the Air Force was consistent in saying that, no, this was well outside of Iraq's capabilities. Never mind the fact that the U.S. should be more than capable of handling something a threat like that. Back then, the UAV devices back then, oh yeah. Absolutely. And yet, this has been put up by Fox News. In fact, you know, not long before a key Senate vote on, on I think it was on Iraq or something like that, uh, a whole bunch of senators were put in a room and they were given this information. Totally fake information. So really, we have to question when we hear these reports of, of uh, Iran potentially targeting U.S. forces in the region. Well, would it be in their best interest? First of all, how much damage can they really do? Right? I get it. The whole morale of, of you know, hitting U.S. forces, right? A, a base or, or something like that. Uh, but when it's all said and done, they can't do a whole lot of damage unless they really go all out. Right? Unless they actually use their armed forces versus a proxy. And the downside to that is that they're putting themselves at risk of total, you know, 
annihilation by the U.S. armed forces, right? And the fact of the matter is that U.S. could level Iran, unless Iran gets the backing of Russia or something like that very quickly. We could level Iran with with our uh, uh, our armed forces. Uh, that's just the nature of, of kind of the imbalance of, of forces in the region, especially if we have Israel and, and, and Saudi Arabia and others helping us. What, what's the, the motivation here for Iran? Iran's not going to win a head-to-head conflict with the United States. In fact, how they've been playing this is basically by saying that this is a, this is psychological warfare with the United States. We're not going to respond in kind. We're not going to allow ourselves to get sucked into this, this spiral of, of escalation, <clears throat> of, of worse and worse relations. We're going to be the adult in the room. Again, I'm not sympathizing with the Iranian regime, but they're playing it well. Because they know that their long game here is uh, some level of solidarity with, with other countries in similar positions, whether that's Russia or, or um, Venezuela or other countries, uh, uh, maybe even just the BRICS nations, right? Uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, uh, uh, South Africa, right? Maybe, maybe it's some solidarity with them. Maybe it's the fact that they know that the, the U.S. empire is... Uh, its days are numbered. Maybe it's the fact that they know that uh, they've been through tough economic times in the past, that the U.S. has put the pressure on them in the past, and as a people, as a country, they've, they've persevered, right? Again, I'm not sympathizing with them, but they know that in a head-to-head war with the United States, they would not win. Heck, in a head-to-head war with Israel, they might not win, given U.S. support for Israel. And so what, I mean, we really have to question... Why? You know, this goes back to like the Syria uh, uh, conflict, the civil war in Syria. <clears throat> and, and the reports not so long ago of a, a uh, chemical gas or chemical warfare, uh, use of, of chemical weapons in Syria on, on civilians, right? And, and people are saying it was the, the Assad regime. And, and then people were kind of wondering, you know, what, what is Assad's motive? He's almost got this thing wrapped up. He clung to power. Now he's regaining quite a bit of power. He's got the backing of Russia. He's cleaning up. ISIS at the time was more powerful than it is now, but it was on the retreat, right? As a whole, um, it was looking pretty good for the Assad regime. Why would he risk that by by using a chemical weapon, especially against a civilian population? It, it just didn't really make sense. Again, not to say I like the Assad regime, not to say that they absolutely didn't use chemical weapons, but it would have made a lot more sense for one of those rebel groups, I mean, one of the quote-unquote moderate rebels that are, you know, related to like Al-Qaeda, to use those weapons as some sort of a false flag, right? And, and, and speaking of rebel groups, I mean, that's another problem with this is, you know, our justification for a war in Iran. What is the justification, right? This potential attack on U.S. forces or our allies, well, that's a pretty broad umbrella in the region. That's quite a few countries, including Saudi Arabia and Israel, but it's also including a whole lot of rebel groups in Syria and Iraq, right? And and if we then extend, you know, Iranian forces or their proxies, right, then we have other not necessarily Iranian assets that could potentially strike this. So, I mean, we're really casting a wide net here. We're going to use that potential as a justification for all-out war. <sighs> It's 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 frustrating. It's frustrating. The last thing the United States need is a war with Iran, and yet 
It may be the very thing that a desperate empire would do to try and cling to power. Start another war in the Middle East, this time Iran. Following suit after, after Iraq, uh, Libya in northern Africa, Syria, Somalia, Afghanistan. Iran's next. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but something to keep an eye on, and I hope you guys really are careful with these reports from the media. Right, Go back to this article right here from, from Fox News from 2003. Drones targeting U.S. cities? Now, maybe today, but but again, I mean, this is <clears throat> this reeks of something the media would put out about ISIS today using drones to attack, you know, U.S. cities. Yeah, they use drones in the Middle East. They could use them here too, but the the threat just—I don't know. I, I, if if we're going to target any person that could potentially use drones against the U.S., we don't have very many friends left in the world, right? So, uh, let's see here. What else do we have here? This is an article from, from Haaretz. I'm not sure if I'll actually use this. How the war between America and Iran will start. I think this is an Iran, uh, Iranian, Israeli uh, uh, publication. Um, but, but again, talking about, uh, you know, will a direct premeditated attack on U.S. troops by Iranian proxies in Iraq and Syria draw the United States into a conflict at the court? A major all-out U.S. war against Iran. Again, they're wondering, is... Iran going to provoke something like this, right? Uh, Chris Dwayne, uh, a silver guy, much like myself, he does, for a long time, has done some great videos on Iran. He recently put one up talking about a potential false flag with Iran. And and, and he's shown some great, you know, examples of, of neoconservatives being very uh, candid about their desire for a war with Iran and how they'd potentially do it. Don't outroll the possibility for a false flag. And and really question what the media is talking about here in terms of this war. And I really hope these things cool off, right? Uh, sure, metals would go up, and that's something to pay attention to. They haven't been paying attention to the silver and gold, uh, what's going on with Iran. Um, there's, there's the market implications of it. There's the geopolitical implications of it. But at the end of the day, who really loses? It's, for the most part, going to be the Iranian people. To some extent, you know, the U.S. people, too. Uh, this is going to be our tax dollars. It's going to mean more debt. Uh, there would be some service men and women that would be killed or injured, right? But, but much like the situation in Iraq or Syria or Libya or Somalia or Yemen or Afghanistan uh, or, or Venezuela, who we've levied sanctions against, or, or all the other you know Central American or African countries that we've been involved in, more often than not, the real loser here is the people, the, the innocent civilians. That's the people that really lose out here. They lose um, standards of living. They lose access to basic health care. Uh, they lose access to, to uh, clean water and, and a steady food supply. Uh, they lose jobs, houses, family members. Uh, that's the real tragedy here. And again, going back to that sympathy versus empathy picture, when we're talking about some of these countries and, and, and the peoples and how they've been you know, occupied or in some way targeted by the U.S. at various points over the last, you know, 50-plus years. You know, I don't sympathize with a group like al-Qaeda or Taliban or ISIS. You know, I think there's a special kind of evil that exists in a lot of those terrorists. With that being said, growing up under the thumb of a foreign empire that bombs... Houses 
bomb civilians with very little recourse. I, 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 I don't want to say I get it because that just sounds terrible, right? I don't want to sympathize at all with terrorists, right? I, you know, a true war against terrorism, that, that would be great, I guess, in my book, you know? Um, but, but really, I think a war on terrorism has to start by not just killing all the existing terrorists that are out there, but, but try not to create more. Right? I have no sympathy with those that choose to kill civilians. And that goes for terrorists that call themselves Muslims or terrorists that, you know, wear the American flag on their arm. That's just the truth of the matter, right? Uh, maybe a highly unpopular view, right? Um, and, and again, I don't want to go so far as to say I'm empathizing with or, or sympathizing with, with Al Qaeda. I'm not. And what they did in 9 11? Horrendous. But are we so much better? That's really the question we have to ask here. Bad guy, good guy, does there have to be a good guy here? Fact of the matter is that the U.S. has, has killed far more civilians in the last, uh, since, you know, last 18, 16, 17 years, since uh, 9-11. Far, far more civilians than, than were actually killed on that day. Far, far more. So who is really the good guys here are there good guys you know my my approach to this how i find peace in all this is is really i guess my realization that you know there there is not a whole lot of good in this world apart from uh uh what i would call and it sounds really preachy and churchy but the saving power of jesus christ the the gospel the 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 new birth that people can find in faith in jesus christ that's Apart from that, I see a lot of depravity, a lot of sin, a lot of bad. And and that, I think, is reinforced when I see uh, these types of storylines uh, play out of, of more and more death, more and more killing. Um, not to come off as a hippie here either, uh, but is there a need for it? I don't know. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video now in the comment section. Um, positive or negative let me know as always thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video listening to this podcast and god bless more bullying by the u.s empire and the u.s dollar regime how's it going this is matt here from silver fortune and today i want to take some time to talk about the situation with iran or more accurately u.s iranian relations which you know haven't been the best for for most of the last few decades uh, but what we're witnessing right now has you know, led some of the mainstream media to speculate whether or not this is the time in which the U.S. and Iran actually engage in a hot war, if we actually act in a military way against Iran or vice versa. Now, I'll get to that here in a couple minutes, the issue of the mainstream media and how they're portraying uh, these, these tensions in this potential conflict. Uh, but basically, to give the backdrop for what we're seeing right now, just in the last couple of weeks, we've seen the U.S. announce uh, the, the phasing out of Iranian uh, import or export waivers, countries uh, allowing countries to import Iranian oil. We've seen quite a bit of rhetoric from the White House, from John Bolton, the national security advisor to Donald Trump, who has long had a vendetta against Iran. I'm sure Mike Pompeo has chimed in at some point. On, on this Iranian situation. We've seen the publicizing of a carrier strike group, and I believe a bomber wing being sent to the area, as well as I think it was four B-52 bombers, kind of as a show of force. The carrier strike group, I think, was heading there anyways, but I think it was a, a 
sped up. It was scheduled to arrive sooner than it otherwise would have. Uh, and, and this is all kind of on the backs of, of Iran, the reports that Iran potentially was going to target U.S. military personnel or use one of their proxies potentially to target U.S. military personnel or some of our allies in the region. So that's kind of the backdrop for what we're dealing here. And, 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 and again, I want to go back to what I said at the beginning of this, this video, this podcast, that I think this is more bullying by the U.S. empire and the U.S. dollar system. Now, with that being said, before I go any further, there's something really important I think you need to understand if, if you want to try and, and see where I'm coming from when it comes to these types of geopolitical issues. Whether we're talking about U.S.-Iran or Israel and Iran or Pakistan and India or China and the United States, I do my very best not to limit myself by deciding that there has to be a good guy and a bad guy in every conflict. Sometimes that's the case, maybe. Uh, I think most of the time, if not always, it's it's not the case. Now, there can maybe be a better guy and a worse guy, right? A bad guy and a worse guy. But, you know, I think it's kind of in our nature to to always try to be pulling for a, a good guy, decide who's the good guy, and then kind of go from there and, and allow our, our biases to, to kind of take over from there. I mean, even if it comes to like sports, right? Let's take like the NFL, American football, for example. Your favorite team might be the Vikings, like like my own. That's my own favorite team. Okay, and so no matter who the Vikings are playing, just like whoever the U.S. is fighting abroad, right? The Vikings are going to be your favorite team, the good guys, no matter what. The only difference here is we're we're not talking about toss around football. We're talking about life and death and etc. But if you're talking about two, I don't know, AFC West teams, right? Chargers, Chiefs. Maybe you don't have strong feelings about either of them. It's still kind of in our blood to, or at least it is for me, to, to decide you know, who, who we're going to root for, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And I think we limit ourselves by doing that <laughs> on the geopolitical realm. There's, there's no problem with that in sports. No problem with having a favorite team in sports, unless it's the Patriots. Uh, but when it comes to these types of situations, we really have to self-examine and not allow our biases to take over. So if you hear me talking poorly or you don't like how I talk about the Trump administration or U.S. foreign policy or John Bolton or the Iranian regime or Israel or any of that, understand that that's a perspective I'm coming from. doesn't have to be a good guy. And I think in this situation, it's, it's certainly a bad guy versus bad guy. I'm no fan of the Iranian regime. I don't like how the U.S. is handling it either, though. So this is the latest headline that we're looking at right here, getting to what's on the screen here. Trump bans trade in Iranian metals, seeking to crush economy. Now, this is from Zero Hedge, targeting a sector that makes up 10% of Iran's export economy. This is in addition to the long-standing targeting of Iran's main export, which is, of course, oil. Basically, what we said is, to foreign countries, you can't import it, which is certainly a demonstration of U.S. dominance in the financial system, U.S. dollar dominance in, in global trade, basically telling countries that you can't, you can't, it's, it's not going to fly with us, uh, deciding what they can and can't uh, import. It's, it's ridiculous. And yet that's the benefit of having the de facto currency, uh, global currency, uh, reserve currency. Now, recently we, as I said earlier, announced that we're going to be phasing out those those waivers that, that were allowed for some time for some countries to ex, uh, import Iranian oil. Eventually, those waivers will all have, have gone away, and Iran will have no one to export oil to. Now, they'll find a way to do it, I'm sure, on the black market or some regional ally, or somebody's going to step up and say, 
I'm willing to put myself in the crosshairs of the U.S. dollar system and the U.S. empire by saying I'm not afraid to to buy this oil. Now, it might be a small country. It might be a country that we kind of expect to, to do that. But it also could be, you know, like the EU or much of the European Union, many of those countries deciding, yeah, we're going to import Iranian oil because it's, it's really important to us and, and we can't really get by without it. Remains to be seen. Uh, but but to, again, to put this in perspective of, of just, again, I'm not going to sympathize with the Iranian regime, but I certainly can empathize with where they're coming from. The U.S., back during the Obama administration, signed our uh, now infamous in many circles uh, uh, nuclear deal with Iran, basically saying you need to curtail your nuclear ambitions, you have to follow this plan, and in exchange we're going to grant you some relief from sanctions. Now, there's probably a lot of shady stuff that went on. There's a lot of shady stuff that I'm sure went on in the Obama administration, just like there is with every U.S. Uh, presidential administration. However, of course, once Trump took office, it didn't take all that long for him to announce that we're withdrawing from that deal, that we don't like how Obama wrote it. We want more stringent controls on that, as well as, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention Iran's participation in uh, regional conflicts, whether that's the war in Yemen, in Syria, uh, and their support for Hezbollah, a known enemy of Israel. Now, the U.S. in our designation of the Iranian, uh, what is it, Iranian Revolutionary Guard, uh, uh, an arm of, of the a branch of the Iranian Armed Forces as a terrorist organization is kind of like the pot calling the kettle black. In my opinion, you know, Iran was pretty quick to designate U.S. forces in the region as a terrorist organization as well. Uh, and, and I think you know, to some extent, maybe rightfully so from their perspective. Again, don't sympathize, but I can empathize. I can see where they're coming from here. But basically, going back to this this deal, we went back on it. We withdrew from the deal. Other countries are are still in the deal. Iran, as far as we know, now you can speculate on whether or not uh, they're they're actually being truthful, but they've held up to their side of the deal, even though the United States has not. Even though we continue to put a ton of economic pressure on them. However, we're still saying that that's not good enough. You have to scale back further. You have to follow these steps. You have to do exactly what we want or else we're going to absolutely demolish your economy. We're going to potentially uh, go to war with you. So, so it's kind of interesting how this is being framed by the mainstream media as, as the Iran just being the aggressor in the region. But in reality, the United States is a country that's halfway across the world that for decades has been meddling in the affairs of Iraq, of Syria, of Saudi Arabia, of Israel, and many other countries in the region. And Iran has, has seen the, the power of the U.S. empire and dollar hegemony. They've seen, and we've demonstrated time and time again, that when we find a regime or a country that we don't like, we don't like how they do things economically, we don't like that they aren't totally bending to our will, they, we are going willing to go to extreme lengths to... Uh, change that regime, to topple that regime, to topple that country potentially. You see it in Iraq and Libya. Now, that's not all about the U.S. dollar, maybe. Not all about central banking, but I think it plays a role and ultimately it comes down to whether it's economic or currency or just their relations with us. If they don't fall in line, more often than not, we try to destabilize. And I think we've probably tried to destabilize in Iran in the past and then they've resisted those efforts. 
that's really what I think it comes down to is is this king dollar trying to maintain its status. And I think, you know, many people have predicted, including myself, that as the U.S. dollar continues to lose global dominance, it's going to become more and more desperate. The U.S. is going to become more and more desperate to maintain that dominance, geopolitical, financial, and economic. And that's going to include economic sanctions. It's going to include currency wars. And it's going to include trade wars and ultimately war, hot war, guns, bombs, missiles, etc. Now, Iran could be a step in that direction. Many people would argue, including myself, that Iraq and Libya and Somalia and Afghanistan and other conflicts were also a step in that direction. Maybe Venezuela is a step in that direction. Chinese-U.S. trade war is a step in that direction. Is Iran the next chapter? Well, it remains to be seen. But again, going back to what I said earlier about the mainstream media and how they're portraying this. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, the This kind of came out of the blue, right? A lot of talk lately 